This is a Broad Pods production. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio. I'm Jo Stanley and my co-host today is the delightful George McEncroe. Hi there, George. Hello, Jo. It's a special day. Oh, well, there is cake on the table. (laughs) And that's not a euphemism. I'm laying my cake on the table. Um, No, there is cake on this very table here in front of us because I turn 50 tomorrow. Goodness me. And the lovely ladies, the broads here, have surprised me with this extraordinary, glorious creation. It is magnificent. It's TikTok worthy, that cake. Oh, that's like something you would see on TikTok. Oh, mate. I know you are. Mate, I know how you get so much done because you're not on TikTok. (laughs) I am obsessed. Obsessed. We'll get to that another time. Perhaps mm. I want to learn about you and your TikTok because mm-hmm. I've actually we're the fastest growing audience for TikTok. Did you know that? I did. Our age bracket. Oh god, just another thing to annoy millennials and <laughs> whatever the other ones are, Gen Z. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Gen X is jumping on board TikTok at the fastest go, rate. Go Gen X because we've got all the time in the world. Yeah, but you know it is my birthday tomorrow, and these lovely ladies have brought me this cake, which is pink and delightful, and it I can't wait to bury my face in it. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird the way you said I don't want any cutlery. I just want to go (laughs) hands behind my back straight in. I thought, I haven't seen that side of Joe. I'm actually going to ask one of them to come and one of them. It's like we've got a huge team here. We have a very tiny core team of brilliant women who keep broad radio ticking along and and help us grow. And they're going to, one of them's going to come in, I hope, for a cameo and remove it from the table so that we don't accidentally (laughs) push it off. Here's beautiful Liv. Hi, Liv. Thanks, Liv. Say hello. Thanks for taking that cake away. Looks so good. I can't wait. That's for ten oh one a.m. Okay, thank you, darling. Um, do you know what though? It's not just about me today. Of course, I am turning fifty tomorrow, and I'm enjoying that enormously. And we'll get to that as well later on. We'll talk about what it is to get through milestones as a yes. now middle-aged person. But yes. uh, also joining us on the show today, we have Ruth Clare, who is a an author and a speaker, and she's going to be talking about being diagnosed with ADHD mm-hmm. later in life, mm-hmm. which is a thing. It's a thing. Same here. Snap. We'll just uh, high-five on that later on. It's so interesting that it's so many women. Yes, and so often missed 
yeah. and so hard to diagnose. Yes. Um, and it's basically, you know, hit and miss. Mm. Try these. If they work, chances are you've had ADHD. <laughs> like wow. If stimulants calm you down, chances are you've got ADHD. It's very, very interesting and I mm. can't spe- wait to speak with Ruth about that. Also joining us, we have Alison Bray-Daddo, who a lot of us in our generation will remember as well, she was the woman I had next to my mirror on the cover of Dolly Loved. when I was 16. Yeah, I had yes. such a girl crush on her too. She yes. was so pretty and that sort of fresh-faced Australian look. Not much mm. makeup, mm. great hair, great skin. And and as I recall, having a few freckles, which made me, as the sort of Aussie bits of mongrel kind of <laughs> stress That's chest. how we refer to it. That's how, you, that that's that's how you come up in my phone. <laughs> But, you know, I freckled all the time. I was just like a Bornhofen back. And then other people were just this beautiful, like, caramelly skin. Nah. Mm. Aussie Bits of Mongrel joins yeah. us today. Um, so, yes, but Ali has written a book called Queen Menopause, and it is an amazingly raw and honest account of her experience of menopause, but also really a memoir of her life. Mm. So she's going to be joining us as well. Um, you can join us on our social media if you're watching live. Please do share your comments and thoughts along the way. Thank you so much to Etche and Donna and and Kate and all the people who are already telling me happy birthday because it is. It's a great thing. I look, I'm excited. I'm yeah. actually excited about turning 50. Yeah. It's a real privilege and I'm loving it. Um, so, but do share your comments throughout the day as we get along in this show. Um and you can catch up with our episodes of Broad Radio, previous episodes with our podcast, Broad Radio On The Go, wherever you get your podcasts. But it's not just about my birthday this week. It's, of course, NADOC week. Huge. So to, um, I don't know, bring us up to speed with how we can actually dive into this and celebrate the culture and the history and the achievements of First Nations people. It's a thrill to welcome Broad Radio co-host Shelley Ware. Hi there, Shell. Yay, Shell. Hi, thanks for having me and happy Nightbook, everyone. Darling, you are um, joining us from a cupboard at the Royal Children's Hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) It's a glamorous life that you're leading right there. Tell us what you're doing there. So I'm having a wonderful two days at the Royal Children's Hospital here in Melbourne where I'm doing a basket weaving collaboration with the children on the ward and they are making these beautiful circles. Here's a lovely example of those and we're going to sew them together and make a wall hanging. So we're celebrating NADOC week together and it's been really special. Oh that's so good and you weren't punished to be put in the cupboard there, you weren't doing anything that anyone frowned upon? No, it's actually a really lovely room, but it does sound and look like a cupboard. It's good. It's a whiteboard teaching room. (laughs) Um, Shell, can you give us a little um, summary of what NADOC Week is all about? Yeah, so NADOC is Get Up, Stand Up and Show Up, the theme this year. So every year we have a theme and, um, you know, I was on a poster in 1982 and the theme was, you know, let's talk, we've got something to say, and which is really quite relevant today as well. And it's all about celebrating the beauty of our culture. So it's attached to a theme which makes people think and really sort of digest what still needs to happen for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here in Australia. But at the same time, we're really celebrating the beauty. We had the awards night, the National Awards night on Saturday night. We have flag raising ceremonies. Today is the elders. Um, lunch that everybody's welcome and it's all 
people of all nationalities are welcome to celebrate with us as well. We've got the march on Friday here in Victoria I'm talking about. So if you really want to know what's going on within your state or your area, just jump onto the NAIDOC website and you can see all these amazing events that you can be a part of. And maybe you'll be lucky enough to get a little NAIDOC cupcake with an Aboriginal flag or Torres Strait Islander flag, which is one of my highlights. <laughs> Everything come back, comes back to cake. Yeah. Look, and look, yes. there is, there is and so, happy birthday too. Thanks, yeah, darling. Yeah, isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? Look, I think there is a lot to celebrate at the moment and I think particularly um, the voice to parliament, um, mm. you know, that a lot more non-Indigenous people are beginning to sort of look at Linda Burney and other representatives and think, wow, she's very switched on and how this might work. Um, you know, are, are you featuring part of this as part of the celebrations of NADOC Week? I know it's been a long, long time coming. It certainly has been a long time coming. So Voice to Parliament is really, really important. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, we'd love you to have a look at the Uluru Statement of the Heart website. And there are some beautiful books that you can read and share with children as well that Thomas Mayer has written. But it's really about, about it's about time to be fair, <laughs> where we're having our Voice to Parliament, where we're, we're able to say what we need as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, which because too often we're told what we needed and it doesn't work. So yeah. if we're able to have that voice in Parliament and hopefully everybody votes yes in an up and coming referendum, which hopefully won't be too long away, mm. then we will get that voice to Parliament. We've got treaty here in Victoria where there's treaty and truth telling and they partner beautifully. So we need both and we need it to happen and we really want people to have an open heart and um, work together towards you know, just creating a better future for everybody here in Australia. And a lot of that's got to do with voice, treaty and truth, which was a theme um, a few years ago for NAIDOC. But it's it's all coming together and people are opening their hearts and wanting to connect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history as their own. And that's what mm. we want as well. We want people to understand that it's a shared history and that, that we, um, you know, it's not just the 200 years since Captain Cook and his merry men arrived. <laughs> yeah. We've got this beautiful, rich history of 65,000 years yeah. that is yours as well. You'll have a different relationship than I will, as I did to my father, who was an initiated man, but so, so important that we all embrace. You know, Shell, I love the way you speak about it always because it's with great generosity that you always invite every Australian to come in and have great pride of that 65,000 yeah. years. Um, and that, that to me, uh, it, you know, it's something specific to you in that you're a very generous, kind person. Um, but also I saw that in the way now we're seeing the Prime Minister when he, even his acceptance speech, when he, you know, when he took the stage. The generosity of it. The generosity of the all we want, yeah, yeah, all we want now is to work together. And yeah. I think that's new because a lot of people, perhaps if they haven't understood what reconciliation is, they've seen it as perhaps there's tension or that it's about, mm. you know, one group taking something from another. But it's not. It's about coming together. But I mean, you know, the under, it's not deniable anymore that mm. one group did take something from another. Absolutely. And, and I think there's no contest of an idea anymore about unseededness mm. of land. And I think that's good to have that finally mm. put to bed. You know, there yeah. was a very long and rich history of people living here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there sure was. You know, we... And a beautiful series that's coming out that I think will be fantastic for Australians is 
the Australian Wars, which will be coming out in September, done by Rachel Perkins. And it's a really good understanding of what you're talking about, about that land being taken and, and the warriors that actually tried to fight it. So the first war was about, um, about keeping this country safe. And so I think, and encourage people to keep an eye out for that. But it is about everybody joining together and, and understanding the history of this country and knowing that we play a shared role and, and knowing what we can do together to heal from what has been some really horrific times for Aboriginal mm. and Torres Strait Islander mm. people. And, you know, and not, and not shying away from that, just acknowledging it and how can we move forward together, knowing this and, and healing together. Yeah. yeah, I think that treaty work done in Victoria too to say, you know, you can't really have justice without peace and you can't have peace without justice. So let's start with an open and honest yeah. storytelling, truth and reconciliation type uh, conversation. And, and the only way from there will be forward. But you certainly can't make progress if you're still fibbing about what happened <laughs> and to whom. <laughs> yes. Know. Yeah. And, and there has true. to be, yeah, there has to be a complete acknowledgement of the trauma um, which uh, many, many Aboriginal people are still still carrying with them, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah, intergenerational trauma is very real yeah. and has a huge impact on our people, a daily impact on our people. So, you know, I'll never forget when Kevin Rudd, should I say Prime Minister Kevin Rudd at the time, he did the apology. I will never forget that outpouring of grief and you could feel the tension leaving um, people from the stolen generation's shoulders and their hearts. And, and that's what it's all about, that acknowledgement. It does, it helps with the healing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really important. Mm-hmm. It's huge. So, Shell, how can we get involved with NAIDOC Week? Well, head to the NAIDOC Week website. You're also your local um, council. They will probably have some events on this week. To go to your state um, NAIDOC Week webpage. There's Facebook pages. There's so much that you can get involved in. There's so much fun to be had and celebrating the beauty of this culture, you know, and looking back at history, but also looking forward together. And, you know, you might find a nice basket. We've been at the Royal Children's Hospital today. Some aunties are coming along and doing a community um, basket weaving while I'm working with the children. So there's certainly a lot going around and I think even a lot of the beautiful part is a lot of organizations are doing their own private work as well and mm. you know where lots of raps have been happening and people are really embracing the beauty and there's just there's stuff everywhere so make sure you get involved yeah terrific I think yes. it's it's up to us to make the effort to do so it's a great invitation to yeah. really really explore the beauty of of you know the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture. It's it's the richest in the world, and yes. it's something for us to really enjoy. Yeah, that's right. And it's the oldest surviving culture in the world, and it's ours. Mm. So you know, let's 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 see all the beautiful parts too. Yeah, we've got lots of people saying thank you to you, Shell, saying that you are mm-hmm. an inspiration, and thank you for your incredible oh, voice. So yeah, thank thanks. So have a great NAIDOC week. Yeah, happy NAIDOC. Yeah, week. happy NAIDOC, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Well, um, I have 
turned 50, if you hadn't realised. And uh, with that has come, of course, the change. Yes. And I'll tell you what the change is. What's that, it's darling? It's not menopause. It's that I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> it is good. It is good. You look in your bag for a bunch of shits to give and you find they've all gone. <laughs> it's a true oh. gift. But no, I'm being facetious. Also, in this life stage is, a, a, you know, menopause and perimenopause, which is something that's perhaps is not spoken about as often as we would like it to be and so I'm really pleased to welcome our next guest who has written a very raw and honest account of her journey because it is a journey through menopause but she's someone who I will admit did have on my wall next to my mirror when I was 16 years old I'm not embarrassed to say that at all welcome Alison Bredetto hi Hi. Ali (laughs) hello hello (laughs) is that weird for you I'm sure that people say that all the time to you I, I've, I've gotten used to it now. It, it has been weird. It, I, 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 I will say that it has been weird. And I, I've said that before when, when women who I look at who are my age and are just absolutely spectacularly gorgeous, like the both of you and go, I wanted to be you when I was younger. And I go, why? Yeah. I wanted to rock a <laughs> straw hat me. like you did. No, exactly. you, you just, you could do things with a straw hat and a, and a crochet white bikini, I think it was. And <laughs> if I go back to my mind's eye, um, yeah, blue skies, beachy background, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get to menopause in a minute, but I do think that, that we have to acknowledge that you were living what we considered to be the perfect life. But I have read your book yeah. and it actually didn't feel like that for you. Yeah, look, I was so, I, I, I know this sounds weird, but I was really unaware of uh, my popularity at the time. I was just still, I was living at home with sisters. They kept me very grounded. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and I just, yeah, I just didn't, yeah, I, I was not aware of, of, as I said, the popularity. I kind of got it when I started dating Cam and all of a sudden we had some paparazzi people and, some things pop in the newspaper but um yeah it wasn't anything that I felt was particularly special in but a what about ways. what about model life though because uh, you know again teenage girls we are uh, were convinced at that age probably still now mm. that our yep. appearance was everything that's how we needed to validate ourselves and the ideal if you could be a model that mm-hmm. was you know in our mind the ideal life the shiz. But, yeah, yeah the but shiz. was model life all it was cracked up to be for you? Look, I didn't hang with any other models. I wasn't in that model world of nightclubbing and anything like that. I still kept all my old friends. So, um, look, uh, look, without a doubt, you know, there's, there's doors that get open to you um, if you're pretty when you're younger. It just does. Mm. You know, that's, that's not a that's not a conceited thing to say it's it's the way the world works you know and it's unfortunate because it's sort of not what who you are it's what you look like and we we still tend to put those kind of people up on pedestals but um look i was able to, i think the greatest thing that came for me was being able to travel and have experiences at a very young age that not a lot of people get to have and um and it was lucrative it really was lucrative so i was fortunate in in that way than than most people my age for sure were did it mess with your head though 
Absolutely. Um, mm. <laughs> and look, I say, I say this as well. I, I went into modelling feeling really insecure. I, I actually, or, or more than anything, I sort of went into modelling not thinking a lot about how I looked or my body shape or, and then it became something that I then had to think about and had to sort of judge because it was being judged constantly. So, um, I, yeah, I, I didn't think I was particularly fabulous or spectacular going into modeling at all um how and were so, you Alison when you did your I'm first 15, shoot I started yeah 15, 15 and nine months oh 16 yeah. okay so yeah you're gonna Very be young. self-conscious anyway like regardless yeah. of what you're doing it's just the age exactly. for it isn't it yeah exactly if someone said show me a teenage girl who is confident in the way they look there's not that many out there you know mm. uh you know and and every sort of pimple or 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 whatever meant so much more at that age because you're meant to be on the cover of a magazine or someone's got to cover it up with foundation and you're embarrassed about that. And, you know, so there's, there's a whole other layer of um, awareness and uh, concern that, that I had about what I look like that I, I didn't need to have. I wasn't Mm. in, I wasn't sort of that confident kid that was able to just go, no worries, I can handle all of this. But, um, you know, again, I took the good with the bad because there was a lot of good as well. Mm. But, yeah, it was – it's a very challenging um, place to live mentally uh, for the the years that I did where it's just about how you look. It doesn't Mm. matter who you are as a person, what you think, what you feel – it is just about can she sell magazines or can she sell these clothings and who cares what she's feeling. I remember I did one mm. shoot. My grandfather had just passed away and he was the most important person in my life. Like I, I still is actually just adored him so much. And I had to do this shoot the next day and I struggled so much and I was in tears between shooting and the photographer was just like, I, I can't drop drop the f bomb, can I? But it was yes, just you, like, can. Oh, you can, you can, you can, you can. Just like fuck over it. We need the shot. Yeah, Fucking well. hell, you know. Yeah. Like, and it was, and I was an eighteen year old, just devastated. And it was just, who cares? Like, mm. we need to get this photo. You know, I'll never yeah. forget that. It's brutal. My my daughter was approached to do some modelling. She's done doing some now as a twenty four year old girl with her masters. But at at fifteen and sixteen, she was very tall, and that sort of struck people a lot with very long curly hair. And I just said to her, "Look, you know, and uh, no, because mm. of the number of women I'd spoken to who said my first day of modelling was the last day I enjoyed my body. Would, would you um, would for you, a long time? What if your daughter has your daughter considered it? Oh, look. It, my youngest is sort of tossed it around a little bit. She's 16. Um, you know, it's not something, you know, as I say, if, for anyone who wants to go into it, I think 24 is a great age to start. If you're going to start, don't start when you're younger, mm. in your teen years. It's too much pressure. And also, you know, this idea that you're going to be going to be a model, it's it's a hobby. I just think mm. of it. Look, there are, there are some models that have made it, a whole career of, out of it from at a young age all the way to now but they're very few and far between and it, it sets you up for some challenging things you know even as far as um you know I was talking about this the other day about making money you know there you are you might make $800 in a day on a shoot but then you've got to when that sort of doesn't happen anymore you've got to go back to your $12 an hour McDonald's job and that's a real like 
it, it messes with your head, you know, yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, um, Ali, I really enjoyed your book. I did listen to it on, on, on you know, the Audible or whatever it's called uh, in an airport. It got me through a long, a long delay and it was so interesting and very, very... Um, well, you were reading it to me as well, which was good job. Stra- good job. strangely intimate. I quite yeah. liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would it's say... reading it out loud, let me tell you. <laughs> I can imagine it was quite quite an experience and would have taken a long time as well. Um, but one of the themes of your book is how you silenced yourself. And I think that mm. that is so relatable for oh, yeah. women that you go through your teens, your 20s, maybe 30s, maybe even to your 40s, not ever feeling like you can really enter your voice. Safely. Yeah. 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 So how has that transition been for you to actually discover your voice and, and sort of relieve yourself of that need to make yourself small and silent? Yeah, and that, and that is definitely a leftover uh symptom of modeling as well because certainly they don't want to hear your voice yeah <laughs> um and so that really you know hammered down on that for me and plus you know i think a lot of women relate to being the nice girl being the people pleaser so that's been something that's been a huge part of my personality for so long and it's still there a little bit and i don't mind that i've made friends with my people pleaser now but um uh yeah look it's it has changed because like you were saying earlier, Joe, you know, in turning 50 and you've just got that, I don't give a shit anymore. And it's not that you don't give a shit about people or, or the important things to you, but yeah, it's just like, well, if they don't like what I've got to say, that's okay. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't need a perfect stranger to like me anymore about, because I'm going to give my opinion about how I feel or how I feel about the environment or how I feel about issues that are important to me. If you don't like it, that's okay, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it anymore. And that's, I used to do that. It used to worry me all the time, you know? So um, it's been hugely freeing and um, very exciting to be able to speak what I know and speak what I feel without all the machinations in my head. Mm. Yeah. And look, sometimes I think there are real life consequences you know I, I was doing a thing with Adam Zwa the other day and he talked about doing that show Agony Arts oh, in yes. Australia and how easily he could find men to comment on ethical issues but it would take mm. months to find the women who would line up and I just thought wow that's just so interesting because so many women do pay a real price for saying something that is you know supposedly controversial or even sincere <laughs> um, yeah. you know you the, the hate that people can cop so you know, I, I guess it's very understandable why girls become pleasers and we become appeasers and we manage the, you know, energy of the home and placate people who are throwing tantrums and keep the peace and, you know, burnt chop yourself to death. But whatever you do, you know, <laughs> just like I'll go without because I just yeah. want everyone to shut the fuck up and get in the car. And <laughs> that's what we do. But I think in some other ways, if you have any sort of a social profile, there is a very real price to pay for mm. women to speak out. And how when I see women entering parliament and stuff, I think... Oh, boy, you're brave, you know. I mean, I ran a company just delivering women and children, you know, with women drivers, and I got death threats on the regular. And I thought, wow, this is, 
there's a very thin-skinned bunch of people out there who yeah. want you well, to shut up. I mean, we, we really saw do. we saw what Grace Tame received, right? Oh my God, and and yeah. so you sort of want to empower our younger women to have a voice in the way that we didn't, but yes. we need to also gather around them and protect them a little. Yes, we do. We yeah. do. Mm. Now, I, I've mentioned her a bunch actually because I just I was so horrified. She was like the the absolute epitome of what people go. Why can't she just smile and be mm. nice? Oh yeah, man. And I just was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? After what she's been through and the bravery of what she's willing to talk about, and you just want her to smile? Like, oh my god. Yeah. Just but, yeah, unbelievable. But women who want to hold I, men account will be in trouble. Like, if you want to yeah, hold a man account, right. even just a by not smiling. You're yeah. shining a little bit of a spotlight on, you know, Mr. Morrison at the time, and people lost their tiny minds over it. How dare you, little girl? How dare yeah, you? Totally. I had, I had a, I, I was classic. I think it was last, um, last year, uh, you know, for Australia Day, and I posted a, you know, always was, always will be, will not celebrate this date on my Instagram. And I had this one fellow go, oh, look, you, you were pretty when you were younger, but I just can't stand <laughs> the rhetoric. Oh, my that God. That's what he wrote on my Instagram. Yeah. He was Jesus. I'm like, bye. It's, it's meant to be the most cutting thing. I wouldn't even root you now. Yeah. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. So there you go. Go and cry yourself a river now. And that's the thing, that oh, somehow sorry. you are still supposed to be, you know, considering your worth by his assessment yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What, a, what a devastating day you know instant <laughs> in, instant dry ons all around australia <laughs> barry the, the seller wanker didn't like you anymore sorry yeah. that went a little yeah. bit far but yeah it's, um, yeah <laughs> man so, man and you were worried about saying the f word ellie um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If he just wanks in the cellar, maybe he does it other parts of the house. I'm not Barry. I don't know what his life is. But um, I don't think it's good. So um, you've written this book, uh, Queen Menopause, and I did read that you said recently in an interview, will anyone take me seriously after spending 10 years looking pretty? So obviously Barry the cellar wanker doesn't. Yeah. But um, Never mind. <laughs> how has it felt to share so much of yourself and now it's out in the public? Yeah, I, I'm okay with it now. Um, <laughs> I really, I was, you know, I wrote it and I really was really proud of everything I put in there. I was really comfortable with everything I put in there. I've done a lot of therapy and a lot of work and explored everything that I put in the book. And then it was the, like the week leading up to when the book was about to come out and I was having panic attacks and sure. talking to my husband going, what have I done? Because I, I consider myself to be a really private person and I've been out of the spotlight for so many years living in America. And I just thought, what have I just gone and done? I have just exposed <laughs> so much of my thoughts. I've actually put real journal entry, entries into this book for everyone to read. Um, and he just, he was so great. He just said, honey, just come back to the reason of why exactly. you did it. What is your why? And the why was to just to make sure that people, no one felt as lonely as I did and that it might actually help someone out there that I've written my story and that it's relatable. And once I sort of could take a big deep breath and come back to that, I was like, yep, it's okay, it's okay. Mm. So it does more I talk about yeah, it, the better the, I feel. 
that vulnerability thing of you know that Brene Brown talks about. I mean, I I kept thinking about that, you know, listening to this your 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 journey and your story and. People, you know, you just have to discredit the people who haven't had the guts to get in the mm. arena and and share what they want to say. And, you know, people will like you, but I do like that idea that what other people think of you is none of your business. And, <laughs> you know, that, that has got me out of a lot of sort of spiralling anxiety. And I don't trust anyone who hasn't been in therapy, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, good work, <laughs> you, because that is key. That is key. Yes. Uh, and so to get to the menopause part of it, though, I mean, you list this incredibly long list of experiences you went through which were it was it was to me I was like oh a lot of the experiences I went through I hadn't put down to necessarily yeah. being menopausal or perimenopausal like you you spoke about anxiety and depression and yeah. really the mental toll of it can you share a yeah. bit about that yeah and I think I think for the the feedback that I've gotten the most is actually that that side of it because um, as women, you know, we are often just labelled nuts and crazy and, 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 oh, you must be having your period or, oh, she's just a menopausal woman, that's why she's gone nuts and all this kind of bullshit. So that that was a, that was just took me, took my legs right out from under me, that feeling, that mental toll. And I think that that out of everything should really be spoken about and highlighted and made to feel where you're made to feel normal about that. Um, and because that was just, it was very unexpected and it was the hardest part by far for mm. me. That. Like I could, you know, the hot flushes were really hard and the weight gain was crap and all of that stuff, but I never expected to be having thoughts the way I did. Yeah, mm. it's, it hits you very, very hard. And I think um, people don't have a full understanding of how, those hormones interact with our mood how estrogen affects how prostaglandins interact and our testosterone and and you do feel like you're going kind of crazy well, and also yeah. partly because you're dismissed oh you're dismissed <laughs> trivialized minimized yeah. and you even do that a bit yourself you know you're sort yeah. of thinking well i don't know whether i'm about to get my period but you know that feeling when you've wanted to bash your shopping cart trolley into the heels of the person in front of you for no reason and then the next day you get your period and you go oh that's why I was having a psychotic rage over someone just walking too slowly um, you know, it wasn't personal but then when you start missing your period and you kind of don't know where you are in relation to the universe mm. and your own body um, it does start you gaslighting yourself a little bit too thinking mm. well Maybe I am just going bonkers and after mm. all this time it's finally happened. That's right. And and everything that comes with with the whole changing of your body and, and the fact that you're no longer like I, I talk about I write about that in the book that I was so shocked at how sad I felt about not being actually able to have children anymore. I didn't want to have any more children. Um but I remember just that feeling of going, Oh my gosh, that's that whole part of my life is over. Mm. That whole part of being able to have a child if I wanted one is over. And that's and it's and it's not by my choice. It's mm. been taken from me. Mm. And it felt that felt really crushing. And I shed tears about that, which I kind of felt the same time, this is nuts. I don't want to have kids yeah. and my husband said, like, honey, we didn't but want to have any more kids. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but it really there's something about that that was just really 
alarming and but, really um, mournful for but me. Do, so. do you think it's because, because I, I, well, I actually, you know, I, I have had infertility experiences for a long time. So for me, it wasn't about the fact that I, because I had had to reconcile with not having any more kids long mm. before menopause. But right. um, for me, it was the notion that I had lost that relevance because society only values not just youth, but beauty I think that sort of that you have that kind of people assume that you're now sexless you're now actually yeah, that you know fecundity is like the autumnal <laughs> so, you know, the so I feel I, I felt like people would just start overlooking me because I just I, I don't have the fertility of being young anymore yeah yeah I remember one of the first pictures that came up when I was googling menopause just to, when I very first started writing the book and it was this cartoon drawing of this lady and it had like all the arrows of what happens to you when you're um get your menopause and it was like this little old lady bag lady in this tartan skirt with big fat legs and a big fat tummy <laughs> and it's like your hair goes gray you and i was like this is the image we're being given when you reach menopause like no wonder no one wants to know about it no one wants to talk about it because it's like and it and again it like this idea of the crone as well mm, mm. which you know that the idea of the crone doesn't look like j-lo you know it's not it looks the idea of the crone that you know in history is a wise and little old lady and and this this is meant to be our crone years as well you know because we're no longer fertile so and with yeah, that, free to speak, free to speak, and free to shag. And I think it's really interesting <laughs> the way patriarchal constructs of women who aren't uh, at risk of pregnancy anymore are sort of diminished because these women can make choices in their own sexual interests without any consequences, kind of like all the dudes have done forever. So not yeah. only are women at this age, you know, usually have some money, they have they're not going to get pregnant and they looked in their bag for any fucks to give and there were none there and <laughs> it's the second time you've said that today it's actually we, we, it's that's true. the theme of the it's show true. <laughs> yeah when you talk about menopause you gotta you gotta do a few f-bombs in there it's, it's yeah, very necessary <laughs> um and ellie someone else has just mentioned Eche. she's uh it's my favorite thing about uh, menopause that i'll bring up all the time is the chin hair which is like i just find myself fondling my chin hair all the yeah. time and I really have yeah. become quite fond of them. I hate that I plucked them in my like once I over plucked them and they've never grown back my eyebrows mm. but these chin hair mm. bastards can't never miss a mm. beat. Um, yeah. And there was another thing that you said that I need to bring up when you're talking about wanting to ram the shopping trolley into the back of someone in front of you but you said when you were listing uh, the surprising changes in you um, why does my husband's chewing make me run from the room <laughs> and I have to tell you my husband's chewing I've considered putting a fork through his eyeball because I can't stand mm -hmm. the sound of it. Mm -hmm. And I said to Daz, yeah. honey, you've got something in common with Cameron Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and he got all excited. <laughs> he said, your mastication is disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. That's oh, so good. Oh, I love yes. it. When he read the book, because he, he only read the book like not that long ago, probably about a couple of months ago. I was giving him tiny little bits and pieces, but he read it from cover to cover a couple of months ago. <laughs> he First of all, he said, did you write this book just for me? Because there was so much he understood about me. But then now he goes, is my chewing really annoying you now? So now he's really aware of it. Is it annoying now? Is it annoying now? And I'm like, yeah, actually it is. Actually it is. He's like, oh, 
because I'm usually really aware of his chewing. <laughs> oh, I love, oh it. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Look, mm. I don't have a partner, but I do have sons that tap constantly and it makes me want to bend their fingers back until they break. But mm. apparently that's not allowed either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ellie, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been just a delight and I really loved the book. So congratulations Thank on that. It's, it's yeah, a really, well done. it's beautiful. And um, yeah, you're doing great things. You're living, you're living a magnificent you. life post-menopause. It, there's a lot there's a lot of good stuff about postmenopause a lot of good life to live that's for <laughs> yeah. sure yeah there is the poster girl for post the pause love it, <laughs> it is <laughs> thanks ellie you have a great day planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Broad Radio. Talking inspo we love, info we need, and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday, 9am, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300 8 Broad. Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere, every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis? <laughs> We've got you covered. Broad Radio. Here for more. Oh, we have so many people on our social saying, I just relate so much to all of that. It's the dry skin, people with bowls scraping noises, not into oh, that either. Like, scraping know. the breast breakfast bowl it's <laughs> yes. irritating as hell get yeah. out um it's a very relatable thing that we're all going through and this particular conversation i think is equally relatable because it's uh, it seems to me a lot of people are being diagnosed with adhd in adult life mm -hmm. and so many of those are women so someone who has recently been empowered by a new understanding of her beautiful brain is uh author and speaker and i'm Full disclosure, dear friend of mine, Ruth Clare. Hi there, darling. Hello. How are you? It's great to... I mean, you know, Alison Braydado is perhaps one of my new best friends, but you're one of my <laughs> old and dear friends, Ruth. Well, I just listened to her interview and I feel she is now one of my best friends too. So that's how we, we can all get together. It's all right. <laughs> She's pretty grouse. She's a grouse chick. <laughs> she is. So, darling, um, you, you've done a lot of things in your life. You've written this incredible memoir called Enemy, which I recommend. It's just incredibly raw and beautiful. You've got a TEDx talk that's just so interesting and I want people to go along and see that. But right now we're talking to you about the fact that you've just discovered that you are a neuro, neurodivergent brain owner. 
That's how you were. I know. It. How did this happen? It's, well, um, ADHD is very genetic, and um, what happened was of, and often happens with women is that if you've, your diagnosis has been overlooked as a child, when you are uh, become a mother, um, one of your children. Um, may present with uh, ADHD symptoms and that's what happened for my son and so we were in the process of getting you know you know you try lots of things I tried lots of naturopaths and kinesiologists and you know let's try and meditate and you know all of the things that you do going I haven't because I had no idea what even ADHD was really I had some stereotypes related to uh, red cordial and uh, Bart mm -hmm. Simpson um, <laughs> and um, that was pretty much my knowledge and then you know, we came home with this whole lot of forms to fill out, sort of, you know, you, you do this thing and then you're meant to, you, you go to the paediatrician, you get all these forms to fill out. And then um, when we got to the one that was re related to ADHD, I was like, what is this cluster of things? Because they seem <laughs> so unrelated. Like th there's two different types of ADHD. There's um, the hyperactive impulsive type and then um, there's the inattentive type. And hyperactive impulsive type um, often um, presents in boys. They might have just pure hyperactive impulsive type. Um, and it's the things like fidgeting and can't stay in your seat and, you know, interrupting and talking loudly and, you know, all those impulse control issues. Um, and then the inattentive type um, a lot of women have just purely inattentive type and that looks completely different and and inattentive type adhd is um that you forget where you put your things and you um forget appointments and you're kind of tune in and out of conversations and i have had this entire history i grew up in a home with family violence and so i had this whole narrative um about what my life was everything that um you know, I thought all of these, you know, leftover really annoying personality traits of mine um, were just, that's my trauma, you know. So the fact that I cannot remember where my phone is at any moment in time. time. Yeah, so trauma and ADHD okay. are often confused and people they're who have complex PTSD have complex. it. And they, they, yeah. There's so many comorbid, you know, overlaps between lots of different conditions. So it's not like you go, oh, that's clearly this and that's clearly that. Um, but when I just sort of went, oh my God, if I could have an actual excuse for why I lose my things all the time, <laughs> I could yeah. write this whole yeah. new concept of myself because it annoys everyone. I understand my husband who is like, well, you just take your items and you put them where they belong and then they have a space. <laughs> How do you know where the space is? How do I know where the place is for those things? That's very even hard. if we decide the place, I have to say to him, so my experience of items and now I understand about working memory um, and that you know you've got limited working memory and my psychiatrist has described it you know that for, and, and also the emotional dysregulation so I am just an emotional drain wreck like everything impacts me I'm very deeply all of the my children always just kind of sneakily anytime this like like a dog on basically television doing anything cute I'm like weeping with love for that dog I love them and you know it's like, and so they're just kind of like always just going oh yeah she's gonna go for this one I'm like I do they all make me cry um and and so there's a there's this hyper emotion emotional aspect which for me has been one of the most dysregulating parts um 
and and the fact that what hyperactivity looks like um, is not necessarily physical hyperactivity. It's you know this me talking like this all the time you know that you know, I have a hundred different ideas and I go off on tangents and someone will say something and it's like reminds me of something I have to interrupt them and tell them the thing about the thing and that's why it's funny and I'm sorry I've interrupted you sorry do you see why I love her oh I we have s- a very good time <laughs> I can totally see did you find with the medication so my psych who referred me finally said look I think this could help let's try you on I call them my Dexy's midnight runners at the dexamphetamine um if you feel better you should like you will know that this is an effective solution for you within a very short period of time and for me it was like I'd been standing in a pantry with a globe that had blown and turning on the light and I could suddenly see where everything was and where it all needed to be and I'd been stumbling around it was so quick and it was like my anxiety dropped from sort of like a nine out of ten to a one you know depression from sort of a seven to about a one and I just thought oh my god I wish I'd because you know I'd had a lot of trauma in my childhood as well and and you know stuff like that and I thought oh this is you know this is probably trauma related and also I thought my thinking had been really interrupted by having 4,000 children under the age of five well four under five I tend to exaggerate but you know when you've got four you get to multiply by a thousand but they interrupt they interrupt your thinking all the time as well so I could never really figure you know you can't finish a sentence or your, your cup of tea or a piece of toast or the book or anything that you're trying to concentrate on a long for a long period of time but the, the medication worked very quickly for me and I don't know if you found that was a solution for you as well, Brooke. Yes, um, but can I just go back? You just said something that I wanted to say something about, so I will get to the, the answering what you're saying. Um, um, what you said previously about um, the wanting to ram the trolley into people. Yes, <laughs> your previous, rage. Yep. Um, so for me, that has been one of the biggest challenges of my life is that I am such an impatient person um my like that and and yeah. I now understand you know my dad was really impatient and that spilled over for him into into violence with us like he had just zero to a thousand and so I have spent a huge amount of emotional energy just trying to be less like that to you know come and you know, do some meditation mm-hmm. remember to do the meditation then you know you're yeah, in the meditation yes. meditation. yeah remember meditation, to remember meditation. yeah but that you know it's like a really of all the qualities that I think makes for shit parenting, being impatient. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so, and I, I, you know, I'm like, but I'm having to constantly, any time that I am being patient is pretend. Like yes. it is, I'm not, like it's always, I'm just going, oh my God, if you don't hurry up, hurry, get out the house, get the, I'm killing you. Yeah, and forcing, I'm just saying, forcing. Time. Yeah. I like, I literally learned scripts. Take your time. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, so I just did those two. minutes late. Slow, slow. But but so slow. that that's a really interesting thing, Ruth. And and I know that actually your your TEDx talk, which is called "The Pain of Hiding Your True Self," right, which is beautiful. Oh. Do check it out and watch it. Um, so the fact that you now have this diagnosis that has that mm. allowed you to go. Well, I'm going to stop running that script now, and I'm going to allow myself to be me well what it has allowed me to do um is you know there's so so much power for me in you know as 
I'm, I'm a writer and I make sense of the world through writing. And, and so words are really important to me and finding that, you know, I have this experience with writing where um, I actually feel it like almost a bell chime in, in my, you know, cells when it's like, that's the right thing. That's, that's the right words to say. And, and it's like, I've spent so long in therapy. Um, but this huge part of, of the puzzle was missing and it's not like it necessarily changes, you know, it's like, you know, that mindfulness practice where you're, you know, you have your thoughts and you're meant to be saying, um, I'm watching the thoughts, you know, here's the thought. Um, when you don't know all, all what I used to do previously was go, stop being so impatient. God, you're just like your father and the blah, 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 blah. my God. Okay. Calm down. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas now I have a name for it. Now I can say, okay, this is a struggle for you. This is an ADHD thing. And it just having that knowledge that it is a part of my neuronal wiring mm -hmm. and I'm always going to have a struggle with that as a, it's just part of the way I am. It's like it gives me that one step removed. Um, and it's the same as with, you know, finding out there's this aspect to ADHD called um, rejection sensitive dysphoria, which is, oh, my God, for me, the most I, I am so certain that everybody like I spent my entire life thinking everybody hates me that's my basic foundational you know that and I just look for evidence of that and the tiniest whisper of the smallest glimpse from 600 kilometers away I'm like going and I'll never bother you again with my disgusting presence goodbye sir <laughs> um no that's like and I will no, that's it you know I, and it means it's hard to put work out there any tiny criticism you're like oh my god and it just takes me to this really deep hole Whereas now that I have the name rejection sensitive dysphoria in my head, I can go, perhaps that is the rejection sensitive dysphoria and maybe everybody doesn't despise you. Hmm. Um, you know, and just having that, and it, I don't know, I find that it just gives me a, um, a perspective on myself that I yeah. never had before. Yeah. Um, um, and and sorry, can I just go, but one, yes. I know I'm talking too much. No, no it's all right, back, back the medication. Um, I have found that it has just quietened down some of, uh, which you, given how much chatter. I'm talking, the inner I'll chatter, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to raise a very important question that one of our listeners has shared with us, and it actually is something that sort of popped into my head during the week as well, um, Ruth, because I'm a Collingwood supporter. Don't hate me for it. I was born that way. Um, but <laughs> Jordan Dugowie recently, in an apology that he gave um, for some recent um, behaviours that he seems to be returning to repeatedly. Um, Footballer behaving badly. Um, I won't have it. I'm out of this stupid... <laughs> I don't buy it. Um, he acknowledged that he's learned that he has ADHD. He says it's not an excuse, but I have ADHD, right? And I, I'm, I just wonder what your perspective on that is. Because no. I, I don't know. I don't think what even is. the answer to that question well, is. Well, I think I think it's 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 a real. You know, I actually because I do know you're a Collingwood supporter, Joe. Um, I saw that. And go, oh my God, she's so much about this. And so I was going, Who is this person? Collingwood football. Yes, I will know things. Um, and. What I think is really interesting is, you know, autism and ADHD are, are both neurodivergences. Um, but the way that like autism is understood and thought about in society and the way that ADHD is thought about and understood in society are very different because the outward manifestations of this thing that is invisible, that you basically having to trust people um, that 
that is going on inside their head. We don't like that as a society. We're happy, you know, a physical disability. Yes, I can see that that you do not have a leg. And so therefore slack will be cut or I will, I will try and reframe a thinking on that. And, you know, a physical disability is something that's much more um, able to be understood. Um, and a lot, I, like I've looked at ADHD and a lot of the way that, um, I, you know, if you're, interrupt people you you know you have a tendency to be late you forget things whatever people don't like any of those things um like that and actually that a lot of the things you can see why it has a lot of um negative perception um but one of the things i thought was interesting about that incident is um you know there is definite impulsive like i have got i'm a very impulsive person which i think is what makes me very fun um 100 you know into you know lots but of you are trouble fun you are fun person. Oh, yeah. um because you want to have that one more drink and do that thing and you know um <laughs> but you know you bring kind of to your impulses the person that you are underneath and um i if 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 you also have um underlying um issues with women and you're being disrespectful to the women i've never had, had the impulse to you know randomly pull someone's top down and look, and I've taught a lot of um, kids with ADHD and they've never seen in boys or girls any sort of inclination to mm. behave to behave badly. So I think if somebody's turning up to your house and committing family violence, I think that's probably not but, part but, of the excuse. But, yeah. I agree. But that idea of, um, you know, making excuses for yourself, it's a really, it's a really, um, I've found it really difficult because I've, you know, I having grown up with a really strict father and wanting to prove him wrong is just going, I will be the best, most perfect human being possible. I will work on myself until I overcome all of that stuff. You know, it has been an absolute drive of mine and it makes me really, really, really hard on myself. And finding out that I have ADHD has just allowed me to have a little bit of compassion where before I didn't. And, you know, I totally understand what people are saying that, you know, you don't want to have this thing where you make excuses for yourself. But that just sort of feeds into the narrative that, you know, I'm not good enough as I am and I should be able to do it as well as everybody else without any extra effort. Mm. And, that, you know, I guess there's a lot of energy that goes into trying to reach a neurotypical standard when your brain is not wired that way. And I guess that there's there's somewhere between um making excuses for yourself and having some compassion and sure. i just hope that there's, there's there's a ground we can reach between those two concepts mm. um yeah and, i think you know, i that, think that's that exactly right going, you know the way that if you do not have um a, a neurodivergence sort of going well i can do it why can't they it's like well because it's a really lot harder. Like, I don't know mm. why that's just the brain, mate. Mm. I, like, ask the brain, I didn't do it. Yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. it is really one of those tricky things. And I think, you know, you don't want to be saying, I mean, I guess I always come at this from a family violence perspective as well. And I see the right. way in which depression has been used as a reason for alcohol abuse or family violence or, you know, um, hurting people that you're meant to love and protect and pursuing them and terrifying mm. them. And I think that's what I'm sort of, you know, always keen to say, well, if you've got the diagnosis and you've got the support, 
you know, that's that's mm. a, you're great. You're halfway there, but mm. you're right. I mean, I think people have to be really honest with themselves and say, you don't also want to say just because I have this neurodivergence, I'm more prone to being violent because then that can lead to all sorts of discriminatory issues with people in the workplace or or other things. You know, we don't want to hire them because they're ADHD and they mm. might end up doing mm. a, a yeah. wicked thing. You know, or what society considers wicked. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Ruth, I, w- I would like to say to you, though, that you are absolutely perfect as you are. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, have, um, I have greatly benefited from every element of your personality, let me say, <laughs> over the years, um, and your brilliant brain. Um, and so I'm so pleased that what you've come to is self-compassion because that's, um, that's the thing I wish I could gift to every single person yeah, that too. I know in my life. So I'm very pleased that you found that place. Yeah, you, you're gorgeous. You yeah. absolutely are. Um, and so uh, just finally, because we know so many people are sort of perhaps going down this path, what actually is your, I mean, do you have some advice for people who are now, because there's so much conversation about this, uh, actually going, mm, maybe this might be a piece of my puzzle that I mm. can reach. What advice can you give? Um, the There are a lot of really great online communities um like via facebook and whatever that are you know and one of the things that has been so amazing for me and i don't know if you've had this as well um if if you're in those communities but you're suddenly talking to all these people who overshare blah blah i can't find anything and you're having a laugh about something that previously you felt I, i felt like that was a thing i was having to hide all the time about how chaotic i felt inside and suddenly you feel oh, I'm like completely normal within this group of people who have the same brain as me. Like that's completely <laughs> yeah. normal. But they yeah. also really, everyone is so generous in that community. And, you know, they'll say, I, I, I think I might have this. Ask all those questions. Um, there's there's so many different um, groups online. Um, and you can find ones geographically specific if you, you know, wanting, you know, recommendations for specific things because there are enormous amounts of wait time. Um, so... You know, you basically, you know, trying to find out where you can see someone when, you know, you're often waiting like a year between when you think you have, um, you need a diagnosis and actually getting in, you know. So starting with those online, you know, groups of people who've gone through the same journey as you, I reckon is the absolute bomb of a starting point. And then you can read through everything that everyone's written before and um, go down the wormhole because that's one of the ADHD specialties. Yes. Welcome to my wormhole. <laughs> I've lined it especially oh. with former news clippings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, dear. thanks so much for uh, sharing that, Ruth. And I will say again, please read Ruth's book, Enemy. It's yes. amazing. Check out the TEDx talk. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, 12, 15 minutes to 17 minutes to share with her. I can't remember how long it is, Dol, but um, you'd know. Yeah, and I think anyone <laughs> well, who's had had a I parent in the military would be good as well. Like if you've, if you've had a parent who's mm. gone through war, um, it is really, really interesting. I think it gives you a new and insight really, into Vietnam you know, War. My, my main, it, it's written from the child perspective because yeah. I don't think children are included anywhere near enough in the conversation about family violence. Um, and so that book is specifically written and it's, you know, I have, I have two parts and part of it is understanding the war aspect, but really it is the child experience and you know i i have i deliberately separated out um i didn't want to have any adult reflections on my child experience so my mm. child 
um, is age progressing and what I'm what it meant for me for my dad to treat me that way and the understanding I had when I was really young. Um, so if you've had that experience, it really is um, about trying to speak to your child. And mm. yeah, and there's a lovely compassion that comes towards your father, mm. and I think that's really, you know, hard for people to mm. come um, from a position of being terrified to being loving mm. and understanding. So mm. yeah, yeah. Thanks, darling. Thank I you, will darling. see you again soon. It is now ten o two, so uh, Ruth's. Um, Ruth's wrapped up the show for us in Good the most you. perfect way. Um, She's pretty George. amazing. Oh, she is. As are you. Thanks for joining Thank us on this show today. As are you, Joe Stanley. Don't look a day over 25. <sighs> that is Get what out it... of here with your 50. <laughs> Get out. Well, someone just said to me, it's your last day of being in your 40s. I'm like, don't put it Shut that up. way. It is the eve of my new be- becoming. Yeah, <laughs> It's better than the alternative, as people say. Absolutely. It's a great privilege. So I'm um, really blessed. And I say thank you to everybody for your beautiful birthday wishes. And next week I will see you when I'm 50 and a week old. Yay! (laughs) See you then. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.